Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. I was thinking in just that last couple minutes, some of us are looking around like, is she going to end the song? End the song over? And I, I was reminded just as they're singing and, you know, we have three little kids. If you've been around, I like to talk about our kids. They're kind of the focus of our life right now. And my eight-year-old son, when I put him in bed, we, we tend to put our kids in bed every night, Steph and I do, and we go room to room. And sometimes we get to go room to room and then back to that room and then, because there's so many needs, you know, right before bed. All the parents with toddlers understand. I just have a question. I have a question. You've had 12 hours to ask all the questions. You waited until right now. Get in bed. But my son Hunter, he keeps asking me, as I put him in bed, hey, Daddy, will you, will you snuggle with me? We have, a, we have a, a twin-sized bed that he sleeps on, so it's hard. But I'm like, if you move all these stuffies out of the way, yes. There's a mountain of stuffed animals in there. Stinking petting zoo on the third floor. And I noticed that I, I, I'll climb in bed with him. He's, you know, he's already in his pajamas. And I tuck him in and I just climb up on there and I snuggle him. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes at the end of the night, it's the last thing that I want to do. Like, dude, just go to sleep. Sleep in the name of Jesus. Sleep. And that's how I feel sometimes because the days are hectic and it's, no, not answer any more questions. No, we're not having it. He wants to just tell jokes. Hey, can we just tell two jokes before we go to bed or pass gas or something? He just, you know, it's, he's a little boy, you know. And, but what I realize is if I give him time, he'll tell me things that he didn't want to tell me earlier in the day. As long as I'll just take five or seven minutes, not very long, but if I'll get in that bed and just lay down with him and I'll say, did you want to talk about something? He said, no. I just wanted you here. And then I just get quiet, and then he just starts talking. And you know, in those moments, I find that he tells me things that he wouldn't tell me all day long. Pick him up from school. How was your day? Fine. Did you do anything fun today? No. What was the most exciting thing that happened at school today? Nothing. It's horrible. He's eight. Perfect time to talk about it. We got a 30-minute drive home, but no, nothing. Closed lip, tight. But man, if I give him that few minutes at the end of the day, stuff in his heart that he really wants to talk about comes out. I say all that to say I'm okay with taking a little bit extra time to allow you to get quiet, allow him to snuggle up with you for a minute because he may be some things that he wants to say to you in just those moments. And I want to just caution you, don't end the worship just because the song's over. You come to our house, there's worship music in the house all day long. We've got speakers in all the rooms. It's just constantly worship. Lord, whatever you want to say, whenever you want to say it, we're here. And I believe that as we press into him as a church, he's going to be giving us some things, some assignments, some strategies, some words of wisdom, some words of knowledge. But he's waiting to say, hey, when, when, when you're done with your thing, that's when I want to talk. And I really believe that we're on the bridge or the, the edge of something great that God wants to do in our church. Amen? Do you agree with that? Turn to your neighbor and say, do you agree with that? Say, you don't have to. It's happening anyways. Stephanie mentioned uh, that Easter is 
next week. And by the way, if we haven't met, my name's Josh. I'm going to be up in the cafe drinking some coffee after service. Please come and join me. I'd love to, to just meet you and find out how you found out about our church. And I'm going to do that right upstairs, right after service. But I, I, I'm, I'm excited because Easter's coming. Um, and, and to me, this is a big week for you and I. Turn to your neighbor elbow and say, it's a big week for you. It's a big week for you. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, they, they think that, you know, that, oh, I just go to church. No, you are the church. The church is not a building. It is a group of people that, that desire and, and want to um, gather together on a purpose. And here's what I know about, about, about Easter time, and that is that the 83% of you, you came to church because someone invited you here. I love this church. You know, I, I believe it this way. I, I don't think you pick churches. I think God calls you to a church. And that calling comes through an invitation of somebody you already know. And here's what I know, that, that 83% of us in the room today came to this church at some point, and maybe you're here today on your very first time. I want to just say thank you for coming and saying yes to someone inviting you. The Billy Graham Association says that the average Christian, by the way, you're not average this, this doesn't apply to us. The average Christian, turn to your neighbor and say, that ain't me. Say, I'm above average. I grew up in a house where my dad in, in, impounded us that we were not normal. I just knew I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to, to live life like everybody else. I'm called to live a great life because of who's in me. And my dad used to say it to this way. He'd say, you have an advantage. There's an advantage in your life. This week, my son tried to take advantage of me. In a little game of one-on-one -on -one soccer, we were playing soccer, and, and, and he tripped over himself and fell and hit a rock and ran inside and told his mama, Daddy, push me down. I said, you little liar. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You tripped over your own shoelace, and nobody pushed you down. He said, I just, hi, hi, ho, ha. He, you know, when they're lying, they, they get caught. He said, ah, ah, I, I deserve a penalty shot. I said, we've been playing soccer for two years together. Nobody's ever had a penalty shot. You fouled me. I said, now you're trying to take advantage of daddy. Isn't that right? But here's the thing. We have an advantage as believers because the Holy Spirit. So I said, I'll say you're not average, but the average Christian can identify seven unchurched people that they have a personal relationship with. So if you're average, you know seven people that don't go to church. And 83% of those seven would say yes if you invited them. Listen to this statistic. 82% of non-church people, they say that they would come to church if a friend or a relative invited them. Turn to your neighbor and say, ouch. That hurts. Knowing that 8 out of 10 of my neighbors, if I had a relationship with them, would probably say yes. 8 out of 10 of my coworkers, if I had the, the guts and the boldness, just, just invite them, they would say yes. And in that moment, what blows me away is it's just a simple invitation, but we know what happens when they get here. They're going to encounter the presence of God. The Holy Spirit's going to work in their life, and they're going to be invited into a life of freedom that they've never had before. Today, I want to talk about invitations. Everybody say invitations. I believe invitations are the most powerful form of communication. I don't know if I believe that. That's okay. You don't have to believe it. But let me ask you this. Are you saved? How many of you would say that you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart? You prayed the, the prayer of salvation, or old people call it the, the sinner's prayer. Wave at me. Come on. Let me see them all. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and what happened? Did, did Jesus show up? He came into your life. Well, you invited him. So here's what I want to tell you. Your invitation to invite Jesus through the words and through your belief, it's powerful. In fact, you believe that you're going to go to heaven someday and live with him in eternity. Is that right? It's the same power in our mouths that when we invite somebody else, that, that, that all of a sudden resurrection life happens in them and they don't even know what's going on. So today I want to talk about invitations because an invitation says you're wanted. You're wanted. Everybody, every, every one of us came to church because we were invited, but really because we, we felt wanted, we felt needed. I remember in 2000, I'm sorry, it wasn't 2000, 1992, I was 15 years old and my parents relocated to South Alabama and they enrolled me into a military prep school. And it was super intimidating. I was the dumbest kid that was going to be on that campus ever. Every one of them were elite, brilliant minds that somehow I tested in and they accepted me I think it was a fluke, to be honest with you. And, and, and I was nervous because I knew the level of this, this, this program was, was to put kids in Ivy League schools and put them in the top companies around the world. It was all built around higher learning, and I knew I had low learning. Just being truthful, I was insecure about going to that school because all those kids had been there since they were little kids and they had gone through first grade, second grade, third grade, eighth grade, 10th grade, and here we are in 10th grade. They all know each other and I'm brand new. I don't know anybody. I was nervous. And I got a call from, from, a, uh, from, from somebody from the school. It was back in the day, you remember when phones had like a cord on them? Y'all remember like corded phones? Like it was like, you know, the phone would ring and everybody would race to answer the phone. And your mom would be like, don't touch that phone. I only answer. She'd pick up, hello, Robert's house. And this kid said, hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so. I'm trying to find Josh. And that was when they, they put their hand over the phone. Your mom said, Joshua, somebody on the phone for you. And then you'd go down there, and then there was no privacy. Like, everybody's still in the kitchen. And you're like, hello? And everybody's looking at you like, who is it? And then you're like, I need to take this private call. And you take that 30-foot cord, and you'd walk down the hallway, and you'd go into the bathroom and shut the door. You're like, now I can hear you. I'm sorry. Just stepped into my office. <laughs> and then I was nervous, but I, I went out of the room because I'm so nervous, and everybody's watching me. Who's on the phone? Who's calling you? What, we just moved here. And this guy on the other end says, hey, my name's Parks Moore. I said, what's your name? He said, Parks. I said, that's a weird name. He said, well, my real name's English, English Parks. I just go by Parks. I said, even weirder. And, and, and he said, hey, he said, forget all the weirdness. He said, I go to the same high school. I go to UMS Wright. And I, I just saw that you enrolled and you've been accepted. And, and I heard that you run the, on your application you put that you run. And I, I said, well, I don't, I don't really run, but I'd like to run. <laughs> you ever filled something out just hoping somebody would call you because you want to be a part of something? And I'm like, I'm a horrible runner. And he said, well, I'm, I'm the captain of the cross-country team. We have practice this weekend. We wanted to invite you. We thought we, we would introduce ourselves to you so you'd know some folks when you came on day one. And you do what a guy does. Like, yeah, I'll think about it. What time is it? Yeah, I might be there. I may not. But inside, you're leaping for joy as I did because I was wanted. Somebody invited me to be a part of something. Think about this. An invitation makes us feel special. Wait, he could have called anybody. Sure, there's a ton of new kids at school, but he called me. And an invitation says, you're included on what's about to happen. 
We were, we were invited this past week. Some friends of ours from this church texted us and said, hey, you want to go to dinner? We'd love to take you guys to dinner. And I was like, I like to eat. <laughs> it felt special. They could call anybody and text anybody, and they invited us. And then I asked my wife, I said, well, well before we commit, where, where are we going? <laughs> you do it too. Don't lie before you commit to spend a uh, hang out for hours with someone over a meal. Man, wh- wh- what kind of food are we talking about? And they, and I, they text back and said, well, we're thinking about Fogo to Chow. And I said, jackpot, that sounds like the Lord. Let's go. Where's all my Brazilians at, man? Like, like Brazilians know how to eat some meat. And the thing about this restaurant is it just keeps on coming, man. The Lord just keeps providing. And I was like, well, we're going to go. But you know what? I, I thought about this. They could have invited anybody to go to dinner this week. It made us feel special. Today I want to talk about some practical ways. Everybody say practical not spiritual, practical, then, then taps into spiritual, practical ways to invite somebody to church. You ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, you ready? All right, let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me the boldness to declare to your people how easy it is to be a great inviter. And Lord, this week as we, as we step towards Easter, the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, Lord, give us boldness on our jobs and our community with our friends and our family to be the light that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, I'm gonna give you four or five points, but here's the first one. In thinking about inviting someone to Easter, you need to understand and recognize that God does supernatural work through ordinary people. Because I'm sure like you think like I do when I see somebody, I think, man, I should invite them to church. My friend Hope, I'm inviting Hope to church. And then I'm thinking, well, I don't want to invite Hope to church. What's she going to think about me? I get insecure. And so sometimes I talk myself out of inviting because I know there's nothing special about me. In my mind, when I meet new people, I get really insecure. Like, are my pants zipped up? Are my boots laced? Is there something in my teeth? Like, I'm just wired that way. And it stinks. Because here's the thing, we're called to go out in the world and be a light, but we're trying to be perfect. And I want you to understand this week, you don't need to be perfect, you just need to be you. I want to say it to you the way he gave it. Recognize, everybody say recognize, that God's supernatural power works through ordinary people, and that means you, that means me. Acts 4.13, this is the story of Peter and John, in the chapter before they had been filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 and in Acts 3, they prayed over a man who had not walked for many, many years. He was a, a crippled man who was a beggar. And, and this day that they walked into the, to the place to pray, he's asking them, hey, man, you guys got a cigarette? We always tell this story like he's asking for money. Beggars don't always ask for money. They ask for things that meet their needs. I was in, in L.A. one time, and it said this guy had a, a sign. He was dressed as a ninja, and it said, I need money for ninja lessons because my family's been kidnapped. And I was like, I'm giving that dude some money just on creativity alone right there. Like, what do you need, man? I love that. I was, I was in San Diego coming out of the airport, and right there, there's the big battleship, and there was a dude there, and he had a target, and he said, I bet you can't hit me with a quarter. And I was like, dummy, I got a whole roll of quarters right here. I, I don't even know where I was going with that. Peter and John at the gate, I don't believe that they saw them as spiritual people. They was asking for money. He wasn't asking for a miracle. But they gave him a miracle through the power, the supernatural power of God. And then it says they arrested him. Listen to this. And they arrested them, but they couldn't take their eyes off of them. Just Peter and John, the fishermen. 
And they were standing there so confident, so sure of themselves. The fascination deepened when they realized these two men were just ordinary laymen with no training in Scripture, no formal education, and they recognized them as companions with Jesus. The truth is you don't need some special calling. You don't have to go to Bible school. You don't even have to own a Bible. You don't even have to know all the belief of of everybody else's stuff. You just need to know that God wants to use you. And if you'll use your ordinary life, he'll bring his supernatural power through you to change somebody else's life. Don't overthink it. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't overthink it. God has empowered you and I to step outside of our normal routines And reach people, step outside of our insecurities and make a difference in the life of another. It's as simple as inviting somebody. In 2005, I moved to Southern California to to go on staff at a great church there. And as I I was on staff, I was was single, I was younger. I feel old now, that was so long ago. And and I I met some young adults and we began to hang out. And a friend of mine, he was a, a, a very wealthy man. He's like, hey, you like wakeboarding? And I was like, I love wakeboarding, but... I don't have a boat. He's like, don't worry about that. I've got a boat. And we wakeboard on Friday afternoons. If you want to come ride, bring your board. Let's go. And so I started going on Fridays and riding, uh, wakeboarding with, these, with this group of people. And there was a girl. Her name was Missy. And, and Missy would come wakeboarding with us sometimes. And then I'd go out with some of the young adults after services, and Missy would be there. And so I knew Missy, and her brother Matt was in my youth ministry. Missy's mom served at the church. So like Missy was like a, a church girl, family Christian girl. And, and over time, I, I noticed that Missy wasn't coming around anymore, and I'd ask her mom, you know, hey, I ain't seen Missy around. She's not wakeboarding with us anymore. What's up with Missy? And she'd say, you know, just pray for her. You know, she's sowing her wild oats or whatever, whatever moms say about their kids who are seeking a different path. And I was like, oh, man, no worries. Yeah, we'll pray for her. And so time went on, time went on, time went on. And five years later, the church was growing. I hadn't seen Missy in a while. And, and we decided that we were going to throw a huge Easter service like we're going to do next week. And, and we, we gave invitations like we're giving you. And we told our friends, like, hey, if you'll bring your, your friends and family, we have food out back for the kids afterwards. We're going to have rides. There's going to be an egg hunt. We're going to have candy. Like, we're going to have chocolate. And you should bring the lost. Bring your friends, bring your neighbors. And so, man, that Sunday, I stood up on that stage and it was packed. There was exactly 403 seats in that auditorium. And that Sunday, every single seat was full. And I got up to do the host segment of the service and I looked over and I see my friend Missy in the back. And I'm like, oh man, Missy came to church. And then I noticed there was some people around her and and her family and stuff and I didn't think anything more about it. At the end of the service, the pastor gave the altar call, but before he could finish the altar call, a young man walked down, this was, it was a stadium seating place, this young man stepped down the stairs and then he kind of ran towards the altar and he just stood right here and he put his hands up and it was kind of awkward, it was awesome at the same time because he was obviously responding to the call that was just being given. Big Ray-Ban sunglasses on, alligator tears flowing down his tattooed neck. And at the end of the service, we have a prayer team that comes down, and one of the guys, my friend Andrew, said, hey, could you talk to this young man? He, he needs to talk to somebody about what happened. So I came down off the platform and introduced myself. I said, man, what's your name? He said, my name's Little C. I said, well, my name's Josh. Good to meet you. He said, my real name's Chris. I said, great to meet you, Chris. And I said, man, how, how'd you come today? He said, I came with my girlfriend. I said, well, where's your girlfriend? He said, oh, she's right over here. He said, Missy, come here, come here. And I was like, Missy, you... This is your boyfriend? She said, yeah. She said, this is Chris. And, 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 and I said, 
how are you been? I ain't seen you in forever. And she said, yeah, I live in a different town now. I've been kind of hanging out. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I, we've got a couple kids now and this and that. And then he started asking me about the Lord. And, and so long story short, uh, over the next nine months to 18 months, started for just a little while and then it grew to 18 months. I went to that guy's Bible, to that guy's tattoo shop that he owned and I hosted a small group there and together me and him pastored a bunch of bikers for about 18 months. Well, the crazy thing is, is because not only was that supernatural, Missy was freaked out. Because I said, wait, where have you been? She said, well, we've been at the beach. We're just kind of partying, kind of hanging out, you know, doing our thing. And she said, my mom called this week and said, hey, they're having Easter service. It would really mean a lot if you'd come to service. And she said, well, of course, mom, I'll come. And her mom said, well, maybe you want to bring C. Maybe C would want to come. And she laughed. She said, C ain't going to go to church. She said, well, you can invite him. And so she said that week that she invited him, she said, hey, on this Sunday, my mom's going to go to church and we're going to have lunch at her. But would you want to come? And he said, yeah, I'd like to go. And she said, I was like, what? What'd you say? He said, yeah, I'd like to go. And she said, I didn't say anything about it. Okay. She said, Saturday night came and she said, hey, in the morning, I'm going to go to church. He said, I know, I'm going with you. I told you I was coming. She said, I was like, what? This dude don't go to church. He does, this ain't a church guy. And, and she said, and then Sunday morning, I got dressed and he was up ready to go. And he said, let's go. And he, she said, I was so shocked that he even came. She said, but I was even more shocked when I was holding his hand during the altar call and he shook my hand off and I looked up and he was walking down the aisle coming down. She said, it blew my mind that he got saved. I would see Missy from time to time over that next year and a half coming and going from the tattoo shop and us going on bike rides and I was at their house quite a bit and she'd scratch her head. She said, this just doesn't make sense. My boyfriend's pastoring a church at his tattoo shop with my pastor... And I was like, Missy, God does supernatural things through ordinary people. All he's looking for is someone who's available. You got to be willing to be available. The second thing is, and again, I'm being super practical today. I hope you write this down. When you invite somebody, you need to be you. And I like to say it this way, be authentic and transparent, not the Christian version of yourself. Why is it when we start talking about church, we start acting like super Christians? <laughs> and yet we're just having coffee at work. And someone brings up church and we get all religious. Can I say this to you? When you invite somebody to church, it needs to be natural for you, not something you put on. I remember when I moved to Louisiana years ago, I, I went on staff at a church down in the Bible Belt, and they introduced me. Please welcome our new youth pastor, Brother Josh. And I sat in the chair and I was like, Brother Josh, come on up. And I was like, okay, I'm just Josh. I didn't realize I was going to be Brother Josh. and It was going to be Brother Josh and Sister Stephanie. What does that mean? When I think of Brother Josh, I think of the guy that rings your doorbell and he's got a name tag on. It wants to hand you a pamphlet and talk to you for 45 minutes about stuff that you have no idea. So when someone calls me Brother Josh, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. I'm good. I, I, I'm just Josh. I'm just a guy that has a family and works at a church. Can I say this to you? You don't have to put on your Christianese to impress them. They're not going to be impressed. Some of us, we, we, we wonder why people don't come. It's because we're acting weird. Well, what kind of church is it? Well, you know, we're first Pentecostal, the tabernacle. We believe in this and that. And that. It's like, no, no, no. They just ask, like, where's the church at? 
speak English, not Christianese. We have some people that speak Portuguese here. I love that. Don't speak Christianese when you're inviting your neighbor or your friend to church. It makes no sense to them. Here's what what happens, and I do this all the time because we get insecure, right? We get nervous, and so we over-talk. Because we're thinking, oh, well, uh, uh, they're looking at me and wondering what kind of church it is, how am I dressed, how do they dress, what's it going to be like? And, and I think what we do is we talk people out of coming because the more we talk, they're like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Bless your heart. Football's on Sunday, honey. I can't make it. And here's the thing. I think we over talk about it and we try to make it some supernatural experience. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Would you just do the simple invitation? And just invite them. Hey, we'd love to invite you to church on Sunday. It's going to be awesome, man. We're going to have a great time. I think your kids would dig it. And then let God do what he does. Let God do what only he can do. Truth is, you can't twist somebody's arm to come. You can, but you'll lose a friend. I was thinking about this because um, last year, January, I was at one of my favorite places. I I like seafood. Anybody like seafood? And I, I love, I love like all seafood, but I'm a lobster fan, and, and I like to eat massive consumptions of lobster from time to time, from time to time. And so we had guests in town, and a lot of our friends, when they come to town, they want to go eat seafood because where they live, you can't even see food. And, and, and so we took them to uh, my favorite place, and it was a bunch of pastors, and we're around the table, and, and we're just cutting up because these are people I've known for, for 20, 30 years, and we're having fun, and the waitress comes over, and she's, she starts cutting up with us because she realizes we're laughing, and she just kind of jumps right in. She starts kind of jabbing me and making cracks at my friends. And it's, it was like, who invited you to the party? Like, she just jumped right in. I said, what's your name? She told me her name. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, you're hilarious. And she said, no, you're hilarious. She came back to the table, and we're having fun, goofing up. And she would just continue to jump in the conversation as if she had been invited to eat lobster with us. And so every time she'd leave the table, she'd say something snarky as she'd leave, you know. And, and then we were giving her junk as she'd come back. And we're just having so much fun at this table. And at the end, she said, so, so what do y'all do? That's the hardest question for a preacher. Because you're not sure what you should say. Like, do I tell them the truth or do you make something up? And I'll just be honest with you, if I'm on an airplane with you, I'm making something up. Because I know that I've got to sit next to you for three hours. And if I say the wrong answer, it determines the the quality of my flight. And so a lot of times on the flight, I'll just say, oh, I'm a public speaker. I'm a motivational speaker. And they say, oh, like TED Talks? Exactly, honey. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Something very similar to that. And so as she asked this at the table, she said, so what do y'all do? As if we're all friends now. And one of my friends just pops up and said, well, we're all pastors. And I was like, oh, my God. This was going so well. I was hoping to come back and actually have her wait on me again. And she said, pastors, that's so interesting. I would have never put that on y'all. And I said, now that's a compliment. I will take that all day. And she said, so, so what kind of church? She's just so bummed. So what kind of church? And I just said, well, and they all shut up now because, well, it's his church. <laughs> Tell him, Pastor Josh, what kind of church is it? I just said, you know what? I said, we're a non-denominational church. 
I said that we've got about 50 different nations that love to come together, and we have fun on the weekends. It's a lot of loud music. We love kids, and, and we're passionate about Jesus. And she said, that sounds amazing. So where is it? And I said, well, we're in Reading. We're in North Reading. I started stumbling like, oh, my gosh, she might come. And she's like, I, I don't live far from there. I said, well, we're at this. She's like, I know exactly where you're at. You're across from Dunkin' Donuts, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we're across from Dunkin' Donuts. And, and, and I left thinking, I'm never going to see that woman again, as you have many times. And guess what? That next Sunday, I got up and I stood right here, and she was sitting right over here. She may be sitting over there right now, so I don't want to point. But she was in the, she's in that back section over there. And I locked eyes with her, and, and, and as I was leaving, I, a lot of times I'll leave the stage as soon as I'm done with the message so I can go greet folks, and she was walking out, and I said, hey, I caught you. And she said, no, I caught you. <laughs> and then I said, I said, and we walked out to the front door, and she was, I said, how, how, what, uh, um, was everybody nice to you? And she said, they were very nice. I said, well, well, well um, I'm nervous. <laughs> this is my waitress. They just showed up at your, and she said, she, I said, what'd you think? She said, it was interesting. And she said, it's interesting enough. I'll be back next week. And, and, and you know what? I went to, to that restaurant that next week because I like lobster. Um, and it was an excuse to go check on a new sheep. And so, um, <laughs> true story. And I walked in, and I kid you not, she'd attended one service I walked in and I asked the waitress at the hostess station, I said, hey, can you put me in so-and-so section? And I mentioned her name. And she said, yeah, she's right over here. And I walked in and the lady saw me from across the room, Pastor Josh, <laughs> Pastor Josh. And she started saying to everybody, this is my pastor. This is my pastor. We're gonna take care of my pastor. And I thought, you came one time. If you're here today, I won't look you in the eye. I'm so pumped she's still here. You know, she's been coming for over a year, and every time I go there, she walks in and says, hey, I wasn't there last weekend, but I watched online. Hey, the message you gave last week, it really touched me. And what freaks me out, guys, is we weren't being pastors at the restaurant. We were being connoisseurs of lobster. We were eating lobster and making a mess. I was actually wearing the silly bib that they give you. And here's what I think was the difference maker. We were just being us. We were cutting up, having food, and just being normal. And she saw something that she enjoyed and said, I'm going to go check that out. I, I learned this a long time ago. Uh, you just need to be real because being fake is exhausting. If any of you tired, just raise your hand if you're tired. Like, just in general, not right this moment, but like, in the last, you're just tired. Steph and I came to a season in 2010 where we were just tired. In fact, I preached about this. I was probably in a pretty good depression. I didn't know it at the time, but I was pretty low. And, and I realized I was tired of being fake. I was tired of having to be Pastor Josh, Brother Josh. I just wanted to be tough. I was tired of having to get dressed up to present myself because someone there may know us. I just wanted to be Blue Jean Josh, just pickup truck Josh, just guy with three kids, Josh, and just, I just want to be Josh. And so we, we kind of made a decision moving forward. We got married in 2012. We, when we get married and, and we move forward in our life, we're just going to be us. And if people like us, great. And if you don't, that's totally cool too. 
But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sleep well at night, and I'm going to have joy in my life because I'm being true to who I'm being. And I can tell you this, it's made all the difference in the world because not only do I have joy and peace about me and my wife and what God's called us to do, I get to be me wherever I go, and I don't have to put on another mask to impress somebody to get you to think that I'm spiritual in hopes that you might want to come to our church. I'll be honest with you, that's not my goal. My goal is that that I would get to meet you, and at some point, you would ask me about Jesus, and I would introduce him to you as I would you, my friend, Hope. And here's the crazy thing. If you want to come to church, great. If you don't, that makes no difference to me at all. Be real because being fake is exhausting. So this week, think about how you talk to people in your invitation. It doesn't have to be weird. It just needs to be heartfelt. Number three, keeping it simple. Everybody say, keep it simple. That's my point. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. We, we overanalyze this like, so tell me about the church. What's it like? Well, you know, we start at this time, but you're going to want to come early because the parking lot's going to be really packed. Oh, and you have kids. You're going to want to come 15 minutes earlier. So you should, come, you should come like an hour early. And I'll meet you in the lobby. And I'll save you a seat on the front row. Nobody wants to sit on the front row. And nobody wants to come an hour early because it'll be packed. Listen, just keep it simple. Hey, there's three service times. You can pick whichever one you want. But I really want you to come to the 830 because that's the service we go to. And if you come to the 830, we will get the good seats. And I'll get to introduce you to the people I want to introduce you to. And, and, and so could you be there by 815? In fact, why don't you come to my house at 8 and then we'll carpool what the heck are you doing? Like, if you do that to me, the answers are quick. No, thank you. I'm good. You know what? I'll look at the website. You're freaking me out. And if I decide to come, I'll just choose a service, but I won't be at the 830 because I know you're going to be there. And I like to sleep in, so I'm going to go to the 1130. You don't have to tell them all the songs we're going to sing. You don't have to hype it up. You know what we do as Christians? We oversell things. Okay, I mean, you've got to come. Kevin, you got to come, man. It's going to be powerful. Powerful? What does that mean? Well, it's going to be powerful. It'll be a powerful time of worship because when we worship at our church, man, the glory shows up. Who shows up? No, the glory shows up. Like the manifest presence of God? You know, the anointing. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. What are you inviting me to? Oh, I was inviting you to a church service. It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to be the most dynamic, powerful thing you've ever been a part of it. I mean, by the time you leave, you're going to be like, you know, it's, it's going to wreck you. And then they come and they're like, that music sucked. Just because it's not their flavor or they're like, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel it. I was way up here coming in and it was such a letdown. It was so packed. Why don't we just be real and just say, hey, we're going to sing some songs. They're going to be one hour service. There's going to be Easter bunnies. That's not spiritual. They're not spiritual people. Did I lose you on that one? Hey, how about this one? There's going to be some awesome stuff for kids and lots of chocolate. If you invite me to something that's Easter and there's no bunny, no eggs, and no chocolate, I'm never coming back. (laughs) So why don't we just say what it's going to be? Hey, and and then I'll give you this as an example. Hey, I just want to invite you. We like going there. We've got some cool friends there. Our kids love it. We, We actually like the loud music. The preaching seems to be meh, but the... And, and here's the thing, when you just set the bar right here and they show up and they meet all of our friendly families, 
and they see the Easter bunnies, and the kids are freaking out because it's decor galore upstairs, and they come back and thought, man, that, you, you didn't really, you, you undersold that. I think I'm coming back next week. I, th- I think that's how Jesus did. He didn't have to give them the 10-point plan on what's going to happen. He just said, hey, you guys, uh, I know you've been fishing, but would you come and follow me? And it was the simple connection with him that made them want to come. Don't oversell it. Here's, here's, here's what you say. I think you'd enjoy the environment. Your kids are going to have a great time. You don't have to force them. You don't have to call them every day leading up to Easter. Hey, you're still coming, right? You're still coming, right? You ever, you ever had somebody that's insecure invite you to something? And it's like a month out. And, and you said, yeah, I'll come. And they say, okay, well, I'll, I'll text you and remind you tomorrow. Well, you said it was like three weeks out, right? You don't need to text me tomorrow. You can text me. And then the next day, hey, thank you for saying yes. We're so pumped. I told my wife you're coming. It's going to be amazing. Like we're, okay, I just said yes. And then four days later, they text me again. Hey, you, you guys still on? You didn't book anything, you didn't book anything else, right? And then a week before, hey, we're, we're going to do this. You're still in? 8 a.m. Dude, by this time, I'm like, I don't think I want to go. This is weird. We, we feel like we have to twist people's arms and hold them all the way to the finish line. Just, just invite them one time and say, hey, God, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Hey, I think you guys would dig this. There's three services. In fact, you could check it out on the back. There's a website. You can see what the preaching's like, see what the music's like, and see the nations that are represented come be with us. Let God do his thing. I like what Philip told Nathaniel in John 1, 40, uh, 45. He said, hey, hey, Nathaniel, we, we found the, the person that Moses, uh, found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name's Jesus. He's actually the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Listen to his response. Nazareth? What? Can anything good come from Nazareth? What? And he said, hey, just come see for yourself. He didn't go on and on and on. It's the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, God Almighty, Yeshua Mashiach. No, it's just, hey, I, we found the Messiah, the guy we've been looking for, that our people have been looking for. For He's here. His name is Jesus. And dude, he's, you won't believe it. He's from Nazareth. Nazareth. Hey, you know what? Just come and see for yourself, man. I can tell you're a skeptic. Why can't we just do that as church people? Well, you want me to come to church on Easter? Wait, in, Red, in North Reading? I live in Gloucester. Hey, it just, hey, you know what? If it doesn't fit for you, it's totally cool. You can watch online, but I would just come and see for yourself. Invite them to simply come and see. Here's the fourth point, and I'll let you go. Take the pressure off of you and take the pressure off of them. You're just the inviter. God's responsibility is for the seed to grow and to take root in their heart. Well, what, what if? What if they don't believe like we do? That's okay. Tell them to come anyways. I know, but, but what if they're not like us? Um, what do you mean? Are they human? Do they wear shoes? They can come. We want them. Yeah, but they're not from here. They're from a different place. Um, look around. None of us are from here either. Um, well, they had a bad experience with church. I'm just not sure it's the right thing. Hey, I bet all of us could raise our hands and say we've had a bad experience with church. Maybe your invitation is the last invitation that they're willing to accept before they give up. Let's not say no for people. 
Let's understand that we have a responsibility, and he does too. In fact, it's actually pretty easy because uh, um, we're only asking you to invite people that you already know. What? No, people you already do life with. Those moms that you already go to the park with once a week, those guys that you go to the gym with, those people that you do that hobby with, those couples that you hang out with down the street, those kids that go to your kid's school, those, those employees you're already with, business... Like, I'm not asking you to invite a stranger. I'm asking you to invite somebody you already know that needs Jesus. Can I be honest with you? Like, if a stranger invited me to something, huh, hey, thank you, I'll think about it. What was your name again? No, I'm not, I'm not good. I'm good, thank you. We kind of shy people away if we don't know. But here's the thing. I'm not asking you to go introduce yourself to strangers, but rather people that you already have a relationship with. I want to finish with one story because something pretty wild happened to me this week. Uh, uh, during the wintertime, we realized that if we don't get our kids out of a house, um, somebody's going to get punched, either me or a toddler. And I'd been getting punched a lot, so we decided, man, we got to get the kids out of the house. And so Stephanie's like, well, soccer, you know, we'll put them in soccer, and they can run around and get the wiggles out. And, and she's like, it's Saturday morning, so you get to take them. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. That's, that's what I want to do on Saturday morning early is go to soccer. Um, so I take, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just being funny. I love going to soccer on Saturdays. It's my favorite thing to do. Because I know that I get to take the kids out of the house and you have a little breathing room for yourself. <laughs> Mommy time. So anyways, we go to soccer. I have a two-year-old and I have an eight-year-old. And so Cash is two. He goes to the, to the little tyke soccer. I don't know what they call it, thumpers or something. And, and it's really not soccer. It's, it's a bunch of toddlers that are in a cage and, and then the dads and moms, we just watch them run around. And we're like, oh, your kid don't want to kick the ball today either? Mine either. And, 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 and over three or four weeks, I'm not spending so much time with cash as I'm meeting people now like, oh, we're still here. <laughs> you didn't quit either. I'm back again. And, 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 and I had a guy come up to me, uh, I don't know, 10, 12 weeks ago, right at the beginning of soccer, and he came over and introduced himself. He said, hey, my name's so-and-so. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Good to meet you, so-and-so. I don't know, he was just a soccer dude. And it may seem like I'm an extrovert to everybody, but sometimes if I'm in an environment where I don't know anybody, I'll just keep to myself. And so he was introducing me and his son, and then he wanted to know my kids' names. What's his name? How old is he? Where do y'all live? I was like, dude, I'm married. <laughs> just kidding. I, I, I started talking to him. We, he said, hey, you want to have coffee sometime? I was like, I'd love to have coffee. We had connection. Like there was natural just chemistry, like, Normal dude, got kids the same age. And, and so uh, a few weeks goes by, I don't see him at soccer. And, and um, the next week at soccer, I, I showed him he was there and we reconnected. He said, hey, man, well, can I get your number? We should, we should connect sometime. And I, I said, well, yeah. I said, I, I'd love, I said, I've been wanting to invite you to our church. We have an amazing kids ministry. I think your kids would love it. And he said, yeah, I'm not, we're not really into the church thing, man. Thank, thanks, cool. I was like, oh, yeah, no big deal. So then last week, I didn't go to soccer and he didn't go to soccer. But this week, yesterday, I showed up, and as I walked in, I realized we've been in two new classes now. We're not in the same class, but he saw me. He said, hey, Josh, Hunter, Cash. And he came over and gave us knuckles, and him and his son, they came over and introduced themselves again. What's up, guys? Good to see you. And, 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 and we went about our day, and I left soccer, and I got a text afterwards. And he said, hey, man, great to see you guys today. Hope to see you at soccer next week. And I thought, Lord... I'm doing it. <laughs> Got the Barney Fife anointing. 
I'm taking my one shot. I'm pulling my bullet out, put it in my gun, and I, I sent him this text, and I just said, hey, so-and-so, great seeing you guys today. We'll be back at soccer next week for sure. But hey, I wanted to invite your family to join us for Easter services next Sunday. There's going to be a bunch of classes for all ages. It should be a great weekend. I said our services are just one hour, and we have three times to choose from. No pressure. I just wanted you to know you're invited. And then I took a picture of this with my cell phone, and I sent him a snap of the front and a snap of the back. And I thought, I did it. I did it. It was scary sending that text. And not even 60 seconds went by, and he responded. Absolutely, exclamation point. I'm open to it. Like I said, we're agnostic, but I've spent quite a bit of time in church in the past. My wife's not really into it, but I'm going to bring my son and daughter to their very first Easter Sunday experience. He said, I'm excited for them to experience it. Even as your pastor, I overcomplicate things. You're normal. Even as your pastor, or you call me Brother Josh, it's still difficult to be real. And it's still difficult sometimes to intersect a relationship that you just met because you think, if I invite them, I may never hear from them again. Or when I show up at soccer, it's like the weird dude just showed up and everybody walks away from you like, oh yeah, that's the guy that invites everybody to church. Can I just tell you this? God wants to use supernatural power through your ordinary life. Will you be his example this week? And here's the keys to do it. Be authentic. Be real. Keep it simple. My dad used to say that to us as kids. He'd call us stupid. It was KISS as his acronym, keep it simple, stupid. We don't say stupid in our house, so I probably shouldn't say it in this pulpit. Uh, but keep it simple. <laughs> and, then, and then let me just take the, take the pressure off of you. Take the pressure off yourself. What's the worst they could say? No. What's the best they could say? I'll think about it. And then what do we do? We just pray for them and say, Lord, I, I gave them the invite. I invited them. And, and, and now it's in your court. Holy Spirit, if they're supposed to be here, you nudge them. You lead them. You guide me. Here's the thing. We're in a partnership with him. He's waiting on us. He's looking for us. And I want to tell you this. We're inviting our friends. Steph, Steph and the kids put together Easter baskets for our neighbors. That we hang out with their kids. We see them. And, and we took them over there and just put them on the doorstep with a little Easter invite. Said, hey, come, and, come, come be with us if you want to. Again, there's going to be Easter bunnies and, and Russell Stover's chocolate. I'm just kidding. I like Russell Stover's. Can I say this to you? God wants to use you in an evangelistic way this week and you don't even have to preach the gospel. I'll do it for you next Sunday. Would you bring somebody? Bow your heads and close your eyes with me just for a moment. I mean, just one more moment before we go. Maybe you're here today as a guest. Maybe somebody invited you. I want to say thanks for coming. It takes courage to go to a new place. And in this day and age, it probably takes courage to go to a church because you don't know what you're going to get when you get there. But I'm grateful that you're here. However you got here, somebody probably invited you at some point. But the purpose wasn't just to come and hang out with people. That was part of it. But really the goal for, for me as the pastor of this church is that you would meet Jesus and that you'd understand above everything else that he has a plan for your life, that he loves you more than you love yourself. 
And whatever's going on in your life, he wants to be a part of it and he wants to help you through it. I talk a lot about hope because when I found Jesus, I found hope. And when I found Jesus, I also found freedom from from things that were holding me back from me being my best. And I want that for you today. And so I'm going to give you a simple invitation, a no-pressure invitation, a no-strings-attached. I don't don't need you to come down front. I don't need you to go to a back room. I don't need you to fill out a membership card. But what I would ask and what I want to invite you to is a relationship with Jesus, and I just want to lead you in a prayer right where you sit all by yourself right there today. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Josh, I need Jesus in my life. I need hope. I need freedom, and I need purpose. Would you do me a favor and just wave your hand at me? Just put it up real high and just wave it at me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Yes, sir. Yes, 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 yes. Some are here. I got you. Anybody else say, man, I want to join these brave people. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Say, pray for me. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I got you, my friend. Right here on the second row. All across this auditorium, you say, man, include me in that prayer. Just wave it at me. If I haven't, if I haven't recognized you, just wave it at me. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I got you right over here. Yes, ma'am, right here down front. I see you on the back. Man, so many hands going up. Maybe you're online today. Maybe you're joining us online. I see you right here. Yes, ma'am. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. If you're online today, you say, Pastor, I need that prayer. Would you just type it in the chat box right there? We have a team of people. They'd love to lead you in that prayer. Even online, Jesus, coming and meeting you right there where you are. Last call. Anybody else say, include me, Pastor. Just wave your hand at me. Yes, ma'am. I got you. I won't embarrass you. I see you. Yes, ma'am. All the way over here. So many hands today. Would you look at me? I see you right here. Yeah, I got you. It takes courage to not only come to church because you were invited, so thank you for coming. Thank you for taking the courage. But many of you today raised your hand, and maybe you've been coming for a little while. I want to say today, welcome home. Would you just pray this prayer with me out of your mouth, out of your heart, through your mouth? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. And I believe that you sent him here to this earth for me in this moment. I believe that he died on the cross to pay for my sin, to cover my shame, to make me right with God again, to put me in connection with my creator, my heavenly father. So today, right here, in front of my friends, In front of my family, I declare Jesus as the Lord of my life. Today, I choose you. And everybody said, amen. Would you make some noise and welcome all those that prayed that prayer?